Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and More. Today we have an amazing story from Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, Zecher Tzadik Levracha, very holy rabbi who lived in the nineteenth, in the nineteen hundreds, rather, um, and he was living in New York City uh, during years that many, many. Jewish people immigrated to the United States. They came from other countries, mostly from Europe. And unfortunately, it was very, very hard to be an observant Jew in America at that time. Um, There was not a lot of educational, Jewish education available uh, for children or adults. And uh, many, many... Jewish people at that time, unfortunately, uh, although they were from when they first came here, many of them uh, really lost their their frumkite, their observance of Torah mitzvahs uh, to one extent or another. And um, they simply didn't have the ability, the resources, knowledge to really um, resist the assimilation and also the economic ability. Um, in those days, it was quite common to have to work seven days a week. That many, many of the uh, places of work in New York and other cities assumed that the person would work seven days a week. And uh, actually, they were called sweatshops in many places because um, they were hot and uh, the work was very demanding and long, long hours. And if a person didn't show up one day, then they lost their job. So quite often people would work from Sunday till Friday that they would then not come on Shabbos and then they would not have a job. So it was very, very hard. Many people could not handle this challenge of being have, having to look for a new job every week. And so this was part of what Moshe Feinstein's challenge was as a rabbi of encouraging people to try to keep Shabbos even though it would come at great cost because many, many jobs uh, ended on the seventh day when they didn't show up and then they'd have to find another job and uh, it was very hard to earn money and so forth. But there was one particular person who really took seriously Rabbi Moshe Feinstein's teachings and his encouragement to keep Shabbos. And he managed to do it, although it was very, very difficult. He managed to keep Shabbos throughout the years that he was raising his children. And um, when his children grew up, he was very, very disappointed to see that they did not want to keep Shabbos. And they didn't. And in general, they didn't keep Torah mitzvahs. And this poor Jew came to Rabbi Moshe and said, Rabbi, you encouraged me all those years to keep Shabbos. And it was very hard. But I did it. You know that I kept Shabbos all those years. And now my children have grown up and they don't keep Shabbos. 
and they don't keep Torah mitzvahs. How is this fair? So Rabbi Moshe said to this Jew, my friend, tell me, when you were keeping Shabbos, did you enjoy it? He said, no, Rabbi, I did not enjoy it. For me, Shabbos was like a prison. It was just the things I couldn't do. I couldn't go to work, which of course that meant I wouldn't have a job often. And many other things that I can't do this, can't do that. For me, it was it was torture. So Rabbi Moshe said, well, your children saw that. They saw that for you, keeping Shabbos was torture. And you felt that it was a prison. And therefore, when they grew up and they had their choices to make, they chose not to subject themselves to that. They said, basically, why should, why should we suffer? Now, Chas to judge these Jews, we are not judging the Jew in this story or any of that generation. They introduced the story that um, the people at that time did not have the ability in most cases, to survive that test. And to judge any of those people for what they did or did not do. But the lesson is what's most important here. That our Torah and mitzvahs have to be something that we enjoy. Because if we don't enjoy our Torah and mitzvahs, then people who see us keeping Torah and mitzvahs will say, what do I need that for? That person is just, for example, you know, going to show in the morning because they feel they have to do it. But I see they don't enjoy it. They wish they didn't have to do it. And so why should I want that? Now, of course, I don't mean to say, you must enjoy the mitzvahs. You must enjoy Torah. <laughs> because that's also not going to work if a person says, I have to make believe I'm enjoying the Torah and the mitzvahs. But what we have to do is we have to look deeply into what Torah mitzvahs is and realize that it's the greatest gift from Hashem. Hashem is giving Himself to us. And to learn those parts of Torah which explain the greatness of Torah and the greatness of mitzvahs so that we can learn Torah and do mitzvahs with real joy, with real simcha. Of course, we might have to make believe in the beginning. But it's not really making believe. It's really true that Torah and mitzvahs are the greatest gift that Hashem really gave Himself to us in the Torah and the mitzvahs. And in this way, we can really become close to Hashem and we can become really one with Hashem. And we can participate in Hashem's great project of making this world a dear Eloi's to make this world a dwelling place for Hashem here in this lower realm. And we can truly serve God. We can truly serve Hashem through learning His Torah and doing His mitzvahs. The truth is that tremendous blessings come. But this takes work for the average person. The average person doesn't always by nature have an enjoyment for Torah mitzvahs, but we have to try to achieve that if we 
find it easy, great. If we had an upbringing which gave us that enjoyment as part of our life, great, wonderful. But if not, it's something that we can achieve to to reveal the true greatness of Torah mitzvahs in such a way that we really do enjoy it. And the truth is that being in a state of joy is something which is doable for every single person. And that's why David Melech in Tehillim says, if do us Hashem b'simcha, serve God with joy. We really can do it, but the way to go about it is to learn those parts of Torah which explain the greatness of Torah and the greatness of mitzvahs. And as I mentioned before, Mashiach and Yismach, Mashiach, the Messiah, and the, the, the person from the house of David, the descendant of David and Melech, who will save the Jewish people and bring us to Eretz Yisrael and build the base of Mikdash and so forth, that word, Mem Shin Yud Ches, has the same exact letters as the word Yismach, which means to be joyful or to make somebody joyful. Exactly the same letters, Shin and Sin being interchangeable, although in a different order. So we see that Simcha is very much connected with Mashiach. And this is a very joyful time of year when we are close to Hashem. And even the Day of Judgment is also really a great simcha, that Hashem, who loves us so much, is judging us to help us to improve ourselves. And of course, Hashem judges us with great love. And now, just before we end, we will mention part of a halacha about Mashiach, which is halacha... Um, halacha in the last chapter of the Rambam, in which he speaks about halachas of Mashiach. And we learned yesterday that in the times of the Geula, when Mashiach first comes, he did not have to do miracles, he did not have to make things happen in an unnatural way, a supernatural way. And the first stage of Mashiach coming will not necessarily have miracles, doesn't have to. Um, but when the Torah says that the wolf will uh, be, uh, live peacefully with the lamb and so forth, Rambam says these are metaphors, these are examples. Of, for example, uh, those nations which today are evil nations will be at peace with the Jewish people. However, there's a second stage of the redemption in which there will be many miraculous things, such as the, the re-enlightenment of the dead, which is certainly not natural. In any case, the Rambam continues, just a short piece. Amr Chachamim, our sages said, There's no difference between this world and the world and the days of Mashiach, except the a servitude to the nations of the world meaning that the first thing that will definitely happen in the days of Mashiach is that we will no longer have to serve the nations, other nations. That's first of all. Later on, 
there will be many changes, but in the beginning, that's the first thing that we'll notice, that we are not having to serve the nations. And although that, um, that has not happened completely, there are still nations which are great enemies of ours and trying to kill us and so forth. But generally speaking, we are not serving other nations even today. And so we're beginning to taste this time period. May the fulfillment of all these prophecies happen immediately. And may we have the complete revelation of Mashiach and the times of the redemption building in the base of Mikdash and all Jewish people brought to the base of Mikdash and to Eretz Yisrael to live there together in a peaceful world. Thank you so much for joining Jewish Stories and more.